I have <laughs> I have uh, last night was my high school reunion voice. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of ID11's Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, a.k.a. The Raj Nation. I am the ID11 co-founder and your show's co-host. I am joined, as always, by my co-founder and co-host, Martin McGovern, a.k.a. Marty McFly. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. In this episode, we sit down with the founder of Brick's creative group, Mark Anthony Marshall, and we talk about something that's obviously very topical, which is technology, and ask the question, what is technology's influence on our decision-making? Now, before we dive into that, I want to give you a quick reminder and invitation, if you're not a member already, to join our tribe over at www.idealemon.com. All you have to do is go there, enter your email address, you will never miss an episode of this show, and be up to date with all the cool things that we share. All right, that said, let's dive in now to our conversation with Mark Anthony Marshall of Bricks Creative Group asking, what is technology's influence on decision making? Let's listen in. Dealing with technology for quite some time, whether it be advertising in the marketing industry or just personally. Uh, before in the past, I bought a Nike ID and I, I didn't realize at first what this was all about. This is the moment when I was new in, in advertising and my creative director, he bought me that, that Fitbit to, as, as a gift. Like, hey, you know, you're doing really good. Here's this Nike ID thing. And I'm thinking, wow, this is awesome. My creative director cares about me. And it's going to be great. So, you know, a few months go by and I'm realizing that this Nike ID is like this subconscious, uh, non-existing artificial intelligence in my mind that is convincing me to walk all around the world for no reason. So I started to take note of that, especially after, you know, working in advertising a year after that where, you know, data is key, right? So, you know, the more insights you have on what consumers are doing and why they're doing it, the better you can sell to them and do some Jedi mind trick to get them to buy stuff. And I thought, oh, snap, I got caught up. Like, I'm one of them. Like, this Nike ID is controlling my life and making me run around the world for no reason to, like, do random things. <laughs> so so it, was a, it was a big deal for me. And then after that, you know, the Fitbit uh, came out and, you know, um, Phones started to, to, to come out left and right, upgrade this, download this, iOS that. And before you know it, it's like technology is now a lifestyle. Uh, you have either your Apple or your Android, you know, or your PC or your Mac. And, and it's, it's crazy how not only technology is playing a part in, in um, the decision making in everyday life, but it's controlling how people view themselves and how they fit within society. So I started to see that and recognizing that I'm, I'm also human and, and I, I fit within that category of, of being influenced by technology, it, it, it started to take its toll. And now it's, it's to a point where I feel uh, that technology is, is going into this like, artificial realm uh, through science and research. And I think that is, in my opinion, almost dangerous uh, because as we mentioned, uh, Raj, to you the other day, uh, we could get into the Skynet kind of world that robots are feeling like humans are uh, uh, a little out of control or dangerous to themselves, and that's when they start controlling us. Then we're into the Matrix. <laughs> so, so there's a lot to a lot to discuss, but that's the kind of my overall uh, statement. I would say that the reason why I'm very interested and in, and in, in bothered by technology influencing decisions. That's that's the thesis right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martin, I'm going to toss this to you because 
I'm not. I, I don't have any wearable technology. You have a Pebble watch, right? Uh, not that I currently wear, but that I have worn. I've also had Fitbits before. Okay, so I've I haven't had any of that stuff before. So now what was I, your well, experience? Now, now I just pieces? wear a dumb watch. <laughs> <laughs> Smart person wearing a dumb watch. Yeah, hey, you thank you. <laughs> it's rare that I compliment you, but yeah, yeah. I know that was it's almost like an accidental compliment. <laughs> once in twenty years, um, and so. I find it really interesting because, um, well, so the first question I have for you is, all right, so you, you feel this, like, tension, this, this like, push in the other direction, right? Um, right. And so the thing that always comes into my head when, when thinking about technology and thinking about change is, like, the inevitability of certain things, um, how, like, there the, I listened to a podcast once about uh, coincidences, and it basically said, like, um, if the light bulb wasn't, if that filament for the light bulb wasn't invented by Edison, it would have been invented by someone else, right? Like techno- technological change or like Harry Potter, it was written by like three or four different people at the same time, just differently in different parts of the world. And there were like lawsuits and they found out, no, it's just coincidence. Like ideas just are constantly being built by different people across the world at any given time. So we might attribute one person with the invention of something, but you know, five other people are working on that exact same idea somewhere else in the world at any given time. And so with technology, it's there's almost an inevitability to a lot of the things that come out and to a lot of the trends that happen. And so as you're feeling this pushback against uh, these new technologies and this new data and this new tracking and everything, I'm kind of curious, um, like, where do you see the ability to escape the inevitabilities? I think that it all depends on, and I wouldn't say it's a, a global scale, but just personal choice and an individual that chooses to not share this data or uh, to, I guess, not contribute to the, the overall system of, of data gathering is where that, that, that choice to opt out, I guess you could say, comes from. Uh, but even then, I think that the, the large influence of people uh, involving themselves in technology would would uh, I guess uh, I could say um, what's the word I'm looking for that uh, would supplement that right. So even if a person does choose or ten people choose to not buy a Nike ID, there will be enough that will buy it that would make uh, it not matter. You know, I guess who escapes or who doesn't who doesn't participate. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like my stance on that. So do you feel almost like if you choose to opt out that you're getting left behind? So I guess the better way to phrase that is, do you see the there is the inevitability to participate? Yeah, yes, I would I would say I would say if you're the technology will still be there regardless, and it's still going to change and upgrade and I'll dive deeper into just what that means to the, the actual human body itself. But I think that individuals that choose to opt out uh, will still have the ability or the opportunity to, uh, to, to use the technology. Uh, for instance, if I don't, if I never buy a PC, which I don't think I ever will, <laughs> if, I, if I don't buy a PC, I, I would still have the ability to go to Best Buy and buy a PC uh, and use that type of technology or equipment. I may not be giving my personal data and usage to the uh the industry or the data captures but i would i would still be able to participate so i don't think it would it would uh prevent anyone from uh utilizing the technology eventually or one day uh all it will do is prevent themselves from giving their personal data and usage to the overall system the system quote unquote (laughs) (laughs) but that that yeah i think that's about about that yeah, and I think what's what's really interesting with a lot of these things um, is there's... I, I'm actually really surprised that when you started wearing the Fitbit, it actually changed things for you. Um, did, did, it, it, did it change things long term? Because I think the, the statistics out there for Fitbits and, and different types of wearable tech is that uh, it really only helps people for short-term bursts and that like a year in, the number of people still wearing their Fitbit a year after they've bought it is pretty low. Um, I don't have those stats in front of me, but that's kind of the general idea that I've heard out there. I'm kind of curious, what was 
how was your experience different from that and how have you sort of seen it with other folks? So my, my Nike ID, uh, I actually had a Nike ID, uh, not the Fitbit, but the, the Nike ID I wore, it was definitely short term. And I, because I realized what it was doing to me, <laughs> so it was, it was giving me these markers and saying, yeah, congratulations, and you've made a thousand points, and, and then I'm competing with my friends, so, you know, I could log in and, and, and see who's running where, and, and then uh, friend them, and, and challenge them, and race with them, and I started, again, seeing that this, this, this influence on my lifestyle was being uh, guided by this wearable technology and and when I when I noticed that I said uh let me not be influenced by this uh and and that's kind of where I cut it short but I think with other people it's definitely in, in my opinion a consistent a consistent usage uh in the fit world so I wouldn't say that you know Nike ID if you're if you're not a runner obviously you put on a Nike ID you're just gonna be walking around the city a lot uh, and you're probably not going to do it very often because you're not really a runner. You just bought this thing because it's a fad or it seems cool and cool technology and you want to do what your friends are doing. Uh, so I, I have a lot of individuals that were in the Marine Corps, a lot of family, mem- friend members that were uh, in the Marine Corps or the military and a lot of uh, just track runners and marathon runners. Uh, so, yeah, they definitely use it quite a bit and they oft- often get trophies and these little emblems. So they're awarded uh it's kind of like this gamified uh mentality or structure that has been created for a lot of the, the pe- a lot of people in the physical fit industries uh so it's pretty consistent at least from my perspective uh i guess when you get into the office environment and you know the the weekend warriors it's probably a little inconsistent and that's maybe the larger uh part of the statistics you're, you're noticing yeah or just well, lazy people like me you know well but that's the thing right like so mark anthony you're already an active person so this is just essentially optimizing the activity you already do Mm -hmm. yep um whereas i think the statistics around you know it works what'd you say like it will last for a year and then starts to wear off usually yeah so I think, and this is my own opinion, I don't have any research behind this, but I would venture to say that that applies more to the people who were not active going into it. And they're like, oh, there's this device now. It's going to make me active. Let me try that. Yep. But what's happening is this is a change in habit, right? It's yep. not It's not taking one thing you're already, one habit you already have and making it easier or better. It's changing the way you live your life. So if you're a you know 27-year-old person, who was previously not active and now you start wearing a Nike ID or a Fitbit or whatever it might be because you're like, I want to get active. Well, what you're fighting against is 27 years of living an inactive life and then (laughs) thinking that, okay, well, in just one year, I'm going to erase the last 27 years. Well, Michael Jackson said, gotta make a change. (laughs) They had had to do it somewhere. They had to start (laughs) Good. But yeah, I know, and, and again, it, it's admirable and everything, and, and I would encourage people to live more active lifestyles, uh, you know, everyone to do that. But I think that's where that gap or that chasm lies is it's it's a it's a massive behavior change. So just having the device is is one step in that direction. But then you have to look at an overall lifestyle as well. If someone's lifestyle isn't active there's nine other factors that are butting heads against this one tenth of that lifestyle that decides that now I need to be active because I wear this, you know, smart bracelet. Well, and that's where some of the negatives come in from this stuff, right? So like you said, it's a fad or it's something interesting or it's now available to us. So we use it. Um, And I think one of the biggest issues with all the technology out there and the way that technology affects our uh, decision making is the fact that we know so much and we have access to so much that we think we should be doing everything. And so if you're not you know, a runner and you put a Fitbit on and then three months later you're still not a runner, you're going to start beating yourself up about it because you're going to see these stats in front of you. But the problem is that wearing a Fitbit doesn't change who you are as a person. So, you know, you've yeah. got it, – it almost increases cognitive dissonance on, on an accelerated scale. It has so, been like your word of the day the last month. It has been. I'm, I've been obsessed with the topic. 
Well, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue on that. No, I mean, it, it is like if you're already a runner, this is just helping you tweak what you already do versus it, I mean, it's exactly what you said. But the problem is, I think where technology falls short for a lot of people is it creates a view of ourselves and it convinces us, as you were saying, like it influences how you think and what you decide to do. You don't need it, it's like it wasn't even your choice to run around the world, as you're saying, right? It just happened, and you're like, why am I doing this? This isn't what I actually want. This is something that I'm being convinced to do. And I think that that's the biggest issue with technology across the board, outside of wearables. Um, you know, even just podcasts or, or books, going back to the earliest form of technology, right? Like, yep. you, you read an idea, suddenly you think that's your own idea, and you start trying to live that lifestyle. But if it's not what you truly believe, um, it's just something that's hot in your brain right now you can start really causing a lot of like mental distress between who you actually are and like that you know meditation quiet time journaling understanding yourself and who other people are trying to make you advertising um books sales messaging etc yeah see i was actually gonna get into that uh because you're diving into a whole deeper realm of influence which is uh just these social constructs that have been created throughout time uh, you know, whether it's uh, types of groups or, you know, um, cliques and organizations that allow people to feel involved or feel like they, they, again, need to make a change with the type of foundation. So there's all types of influences in the world uh, from educational to techno- uh, technological to physical. So if we wanted to talk about um, apps or social networks uh, for uh, and, and then again, what the fit community is doing in social media. So if we talk about, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the fit community transforming this idea of what it was at first for health, you know, to, to be healthy, to stay in shape. Now it's like, ooh, that's sexy or that guy's nice or that girl has a nice body, you know, and, and it's been turned into something a little bit more um, um, of a physical attraction, so to speak. So everyone wants to get fit to look a certain way instead of getting fit to be healthy. And it, it it, if it, it seems cool, beneficial, again, with technology, going back to that, the topic of this discussion, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, going back to technology is that it, certain things seem cool. So, you know, iPhone comes out, iPhone 5, 6, and 7, which is the exact same thing, except now it's waterproof uh, and is actually missing things now <laughs> instead of adding things. It's like, okay, let's take more stuff off this. Uh, and I made a joke that the iPhone is re- uh, taking so many things off to improve it. The next iPhone 8, you probably have to buy the screen separately. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we thought that the screen was getting in the way, so technically we're going to take that off and then let you buy it if you need it. Uh, So I I think that... Now we're just back to flip phones. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a beeper at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Going all the way back. Hey, we messed up completely. Uh, So I think that... You know, if it if it seems cool, uh, people are going to be influenced to buy it now. And I, I again, uh, to just say cool is not quantifiable. But you know, if it's, if it's cool in the eyes of society, people are going to just dive right into it and start doing it because there's some cool technology like Google Glass and all this VR technology is rolling around here. So I think that with with the emotional uh, side of the house being so directly connected to technology and, and it's increasing, I think. Uh, people um, realizing that emotional uh, decision drives purchase, you know, I think that that's going to definitely be uh, something that starts to control and take over people's lives, even though there'll be this resistance uh, to technology because it's not what my lifestyle is, is used to or accustomed to, or I'm not accustomed to doing. I think individuals are going to slowly but surely start allowing technology to still force them to do these things or or at least through their own personal frustrations of not reaching certain goals are going to be subconsciously motivated to continue to strive for something they're they're not used to and then mm-hmm. that's going to filter down to the the next generation and the next gen- oh i saw my parents getting frustrated uh just just to talk on another tan another thing on another tangent but you know when i was younger i would see my parents argue a lot and i was like wow is this what parents do and, but I never argued, you know, I never argued. So, you know, I grew up and realized that's not a good thing, but I would see that. And so I under, I understood that that's something parents did when you're in a happy marriage, you just argue. I was like, okay, great. So we get married, we get happy. We just argue with each other all day. Uh, so, I, so I thought, 
you know, what about technology? Okay, if, 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 if my father or mother is getting frustrated over this Fitbit and they're running around the house in circles in the living room, I'm going to think that, oh, I need to get this technology when I get older to run around the circle, run around a circle in the living room when I get older uh, to meet my, my personal goal because I, I don't run a lot. So I think that, that this is going to manifest itself um, as technology increases uh, into the Skynet realm. Uh, it's going to manifest itself into the younger audience and, and, and next generations to come. Uh, so that, I guess that's my take on the emotional and psychological play. Uh, even for those that it's difficult for, it's going to be a, uh, seen as something that becomes accustomed to doing in the next generation and going forward. Mm-hmm. And what, it, what well, it sort of seems like you're saying here is uh, there's the immediate consequences of the things that we do and then the long-term ramifications of those things right so you know fitness on instagram immediately yes it it inspires certain people to work out more right or it instructs people to work out more but long term it starts causing unintended consequences right and i'm reading this book it's called economics in one lesson and one of the main points of the book is like emotionally this is how people make economic decisions and this is why it causes bad lo- like in the short term it always feels good and it always helps people in the short term but in the long term it causes a lot of issues and i think that's a lot of what is happening with technology these days like you know tinder and all these apps like that you know short term they get you on some dates and you start feeling good about that but long term these apps are designed exactly the same way that uh, slot machines are designed or or you know playing games in Vegas is designed because the goal of the app isn't to get you in a happy relationship and because then you'll stop using the app and then they stop making money the goal is to get you to keep swiping and this was something that hinge has been rallying against the past week with with their new launch but it's like all the apps they send you first to swipe more people not to message the people you've already swiped with and so, you know, it's really interesting as these technologies come out, they always have alternative motives to what your motives are. And it's hard to necessarily know what those motives are because especially when the apps first come out, they don't know it themselves. They don't know the long-term ramifications of what, of what the technology is going to do in the future. And so we end up finding that, you know, 5, 10, 15 years after the thing came out that we thought was so cool, it's actually making people do the opposite of what the intended consequence was. And so well, I find that to be is, really interesting. This is something that, uh, so Martin and I, we've been guest lecturing in an undergrad entrepreneurship class at DePaul the last couple of weeks. And just a few days ago, what I was presenting was problems and solutions as it pertains to entrepreneurship. Like, you know, you any solution is a, uh, is fulfilling a need that exists. You don't just come up with ideas that don't solve anything. Um, and I don't think I actually got to talk about this in the class because we ran out of time, but the nature of like the problem-solution relationship is that it's an infinite cycle. Every solution to a problem creates a new problem. So to go off what you were saying, Martin, like cigarettes, right? They, they first come out. What problems that create? Well, it's causing cancer, but you don't see that until a few years down the road. And, you know, no one when, you know, when cigarettes first became mass produced and everything and like whatever it was, the 30s, 40s, 50s, every single person is smoking. Doctors are saying, you know, I prefer uh, menthols over whatever else. (laughs) Doctors are saying that. And then it takes 20 years for people to say, oh, crap, this is killing people. You look at Uber. It's a great solution. And then what is the problem that results from that? Well, some women are getting assaulted by their drivers because there's no screening in place for the drivers. Um, you look at uh, like social media, right? Comes out great. And then what happens? Oh, people are getting bullied online. So all this stuff ends up, like you're saying, it's, it takes a, you know, a few years or maybe more than that. But this the relationship of problems and solutions is that every problem needs a solution and every solution creates a new problem and it's it's something that technology i just think i don't know if it proliferates or it just it it runs in parallel to that as well because technology is solving problems but then it's creating its own problems which needs new technology true uh two things Uh, one i want to caveat on the uber 
the Uber take. So um, I read this article called Uber World, I want to say it is, uh, on Economist. And it talked about the, the long-term plan for Uber and what that means for its drivers. So we're all aware of the, the self-driving cars Google's working on in a, a couple of other countries, one in Ireland as well as working on that for quite some time. Uh, but the, the end state uh, for, for Uber is to have, um, is to destroy the automobile industry. Like what right. they want to do is, is, is take away um, self-driving uh, uh, cars, uh, you know, individuals using cars and, and put those into the hands of computers. And the goal is to make sure that no one has to buy a, a car, Toyota or a Honda, but these uh, vehicles are stationed at different, in different cities and different neighborhoods all around the world. And uh, using this technology that is being gathered by drivers uh, in Uber, they're going to essentially be replaced by computers. So you won't have anyone being assaulted, hopefully by a computer, unless again, we're going to the Skynet realm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Because that might be the next problem is, oh, uh, self-driving cars. Now the robots are taking you off-road and stealing you and stuff. So I don't know. But uh, the, that is the, the end state is to gather all this data and then to uh, uh, create this, this, this world of self-driving vehicles. And, and again, that, they were talking about this will solve drunk driving. Uh, you won't have to worry about a lot of car accidents because computers will be com uh, communicating with each other and speeds and all this uh, statistical information that we're giving about uh, the benefits of self-driving cars once they fix the problem of them crashing into things and going off-road. <laughs> so once they figure that out, they'll be they'll be good off, uh, well off. Uh, but the other thing, the second thing is, I read another article that talked about data and just what is the intent for all of this data. And I think Tinder was mentioned uh, and a few other uh, social apps uh, that were mentioned. But the the individuals who wrote the article stated. Uh, that we don't understand the intent of all of this information being gathered on user experience and uh, and trends. And we're not being told why uh, or, or what they're going to do with this information. Okay, so we're gathering all these things with these people and they're swiping left and right and he doesn't like Sarah. Why doesn't he like Sarah that's blonde and likes this brunette that's Tiffany? Uh, and we don't know where... Uh, we don't, don't know why doesn't she like the dick pic he just sent her? Exactly. <laughs> like, what is wrong with this picture here? Uh, so... That we don't know what the intent uh, of this information is, and a lot of them were, were voicing the opinion that this is this is a little bothersome. We should be concerned that we're giving this this information on our routines and and what we do on a daily basis, but we're not being told you know who's receiving this information and and what they're studying it for and what the intent is for the future of this information. So there's a lot of problems and unknowns out there. Uh, and that's part of where my gripe comes from is like, hey, just be open with us. Just tell us why you're doing this, what it's for, uh, and 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 what you know what you're gonna do with it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and so I think I'm sure, that, I'm sure that'll go over real well. With I the think public. the the tough part with that though is that these companies and these people like we're all like it one when, when you start meeting like startup founders and stuff like they don't know everything right like they <laughs> they know a very specific thing that they've been focused on for the past x number of years and what i think is really interesting uh when you're saying like just tell us what you're going to use this for i think the truth is especially in the advertising world um they don't know what they need so they collect everything right and i think that that's where maybe this is one of the things that you're you're kind of pushing against because um, because they don't have an idea, they need everything so that later on they can look through it and make decisions because they don't really know what they're, tr they're trying to do market research with it. And so they, they just are going to get as much as they possibly can from you at the beginning. And then, you know, people will release the, uh, <laughs> the user agreement and say, please don't click yes. Like, don't sign your solo A and then we'll sign our solo A anyway. And then um, all these companies just have everything about us. Then the company goes under, someone buys it for pennies on the dollar, and now, you know, even if that first company had good intentions, the second company, who knows who those people are, but now they have all your information, right? And so I think it is really interesting as we, you know, as we do get more connected with the Internet of Things, with all of this stuff, with our refrigerators, you know, talking to us, um, we are going to get to this point where, yeah, they, they don't know what they're trying to do with the information so they're going to take as much as they can until someone stops them got it got well and we what do we do we just 
blindly sign that you know end yeah, user yeah because i want my Ula. i want my refrigerator <laughs> to tell me if i have milk or not i can't check yeah. that i can't <laughs> lift the thing that's ridiculous <laughs> um further going on that idea of the like the cycle of the problems and solutions well on the tinder thing what i think is funny is it's like you know they come up with this app it's like oh, okay we're gonna connect people they're gonna date by swiping each other and then like what like what's one of the big problems of that oh guys are creeps so then like bumble <laughs> comes out and essentially like bumble's pitch is no more dick pics like really at the end of the day that's what bumble's that's what bumble's value proposition is no dick pics and you can't make then, a promise like that <laughs> and then you have hinge right what you were saying martin which their new thing is hey all of you guys we were and hinge we were part of it too it, it all sucks it's all just casino gam- slot machine like playing and now they're trying to test their new thing. What I think is interesting is trying to get, like, almost being more Nostradamus, uh, Nostradamus-like about it and trying to foresee what might the problems be in the future. And I specifically, my specific experience with this is with virtual reality as this starts to, like, you know, like in the next two, three years, this is going to be just taking off. And I had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago to actually demo a virtual reality, what do you call it, machine? <laughs> I feel like I sound like a grandfather. Uh, arrangement. Saying that. The, virtu- the virtual reality machine. Uh, a, a virtual reality <laughs> arrangement. Just lots of pieces that you have to step into. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to test one of these devices, let's say, a couple of weeks ago. And it was, you have like the goggle headset on, and then you're holding two remotes in your hand, basically. Um, and there are a few different scenarios you're in, which is one of them was just you didn't do anything. You just like were immersed in a, in a world and the world was you are undersea, like you're in like a submerged pirate ship and you just watch marine life swimming around you. And it was so cool. And you could actually like wave your hand and like the school of fish would start to scatter in front of you. And a whale swims by and it looks lifelike and that's the actual size of a whale if it were to swim by you and you uh, you actually forget the world that you're actually you're living in and you you really do feel like you're you're part of that and then there was another one where it was like you're they pulled out a bike and the faster and i'm in the screen i'm riding a horse and the faster i pedal the faster the horse goes and then you take the remotes and you try and lasso a cowboy in front of you so it was like really cool stuff and you're actually like oh my god this is this is insane that this is happening right now and I think with video games and everything, like that's going to be like that'll be an insane next frontier. Like if you think about the Nintendo Wii was step one, playing games like like Madden Football, where like you can flick the remote and throw the football. Well, now it's going to be like you'll actually feel, you know, you're the quarterback and someone's coming to sack you. But while all this stuff is really cool, what I'm starting, what I'm looking at is potential problem here is I demoed it for. 10 maybe 15 minutes and i got a really bad stomach ache by the end of it and i'm guessing it's because i have this screen two inches away from my eyes and it's basically just projecting led crystals into my into my brain that at that distance led so crystals I, first, <laughs> I really sound what like are, a what are, yeah you sound like you're you're a 75 year old man <laughs> Whatever, the LED light things. (laughs) Uh, From such a close distance to your face, uh, that's where I could foresee potential health issues coming in there as well as um, eyesight decreasing at a quicker rate. And then on top of that, potential problem that gets created or technology takeover, quote unquote, is people opting to live more in the VR world than in the real world because there's like this is the... This is truly the next form of escapism. If just playing, say, video games is, you know, like base level escapism, now you're actually can really closely immerse yourself into a new world. Now it's like, okay, hey, I am this awesome warlord in this VR world and I'm just so and so in the real world. Why don't I just spend more and more time in the VR world where I feel good about myself? Yeah, but you could say the same thing about Warcraft or Second Life. Like that's the exact same thing that happened, you know, 15, 20 years back when they started those those types of things. Yeah, 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 I'm not I'm not denying that. And that's what I'm saying is 
this is another potential problem that gets created with the new technology. My, my point to this is that it's more about, or sorry, not more about, but what, what I'm trying to get across is what I'm observing with these things is what are the potential problems that we're not yet seeing or that we're not yet like willing to look at or talk about because the technology is so new and cool that we just want to get our hands on it. Right. That's uh, it's kind of like surrogates, uh, that Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's seen that, but that's, yeah. I guess there is some, uh, you know, relation to the war world of Warcraft, but you're still sitting at your desk kind of though you see in your peripheral oh yeah my mom's cooking fish sticks in the oven in the kitchen like <laughs> you can still see that and, and smell that but this vr stuff is taking it to a whole nother level it's like okay so i put this thing on it's dark it's around my eyes this is all i see uh and then who knows where you know that could go whether it's like this actual chair you sit in and then there's this motion thing i mean it's, it can get really extreme uh, to where people just dive deep into this this mental thing with no type of uh, external uh, distractions, which I think is uh, could be a little dangerous. Yeah, but then there's also like what I love about all this stuff is that you know there is no answer, right? Like everything yep. has positives, everything has negatives. I love the fact that um, they're using VR to treat mental disorders. They're using it to help people with anxiety. They're using it to. Um, simulate LSD trips so you can get the exact same experience as an LSD trip without yeah. actually taking LSD. Like there's <laughs> all sorts of really cool stuff that, and and that's why these things are going to continue moving forward. Like technology and the invention of technology, it's never going to stop. It never has stopped. There's always been a new invention. That's just how humans exist and um I think the bigger thing is like what we're talking about on this podcast is you know, there's always going to be something new vying for your attention. Like you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, all he talks about is how do I get your attention? How do I get in front of people? How do I get your attention? You're on Snapchat, I'm on Snapchat, right? And even this podcast, like it's we're vying for people's attention to listen to what we have to say and and to engage in what we're what we're interested in. And so as all of these you things just gave away the secret. My I God. know. As all of these <laughs> things keep um keep growing and, and the technology keeps moving uh it's really i think what we're trying to push on here is what is your choices what choices are you making as all of these things come out are you just constantly like every day putting on a new headset to see what the new vr thing is and escape what your real life is or are you saying this is what my real life is this is how i live it this is what i enjoy this is what i'm good at these are the things i don't like etc and then I can bring in the little bits of technology that enhance those things if if I want to. And it's more of a choice and more of a mindfulness thing at the end of the day. True. True. Well, and Mark Anthony, if I'm if I'm understanding what you were saying towards the beginning correctly, you feel and I think I agree is that the more we use technology and the more it becomes embedded into our lives, the less we are conscious of that choice. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, it's, it, that's kind of dangerous, right? I mean, you're, it's almost like uh, you're being given a drug, but you don't kind of know it yet, and you continue using it, and then you're like, whoa, why am I doing this drug? Uh, so, <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's because it's in a cool way. I think he mentioned uh, LSD, right? Uh, and And technology in my opinion is somewhat like that that drug right so it's you know we bring out this new drug that cures cancer or you know prevents alzheimer's uh but if you use it too much it can give you diarrhea constipation uh you might forget who your family members are you'll think thursdays or friday i mean like it just messes you up right yeah so, so it's, it's yeah so technology it i think it would be too um, uh, I guess uh, a dictatorship type of world, like a like a forcing people to put regulations on things. But I feel that if we had, if you knew a technology was dangerous or if it was overused, it could do this. Well, let's 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 limit that uh, and focus on ways to improve that, right? And I think I, I think they may, and this is just my own ignorance. They may be doing that. They may be saying, hey, you know, we're we're bringing out this VR stuff. Let's be mindful of what the long-term effects are and see if we can prevent that with the, the next upgrade that we do. Uh, those are, those minds and those shops are a lot 
smarter than myself, uh, probably MIT grads and all that good stuff, which is which is great uh, that they're doing it and not me. Uh, but I would say that something like that needs to be widely talked about versus, hey, this is just some great technology. Because if they would have done that with the Samsung phone, people would stop having it explode all over their bodies. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really just understanding the technology from a production standpoint and then what that means to the consumer from a usage standpoint and uh, just keeping it very transparent. I'm all about transparency. So yeah. I, I like to figure things out. I do like to use different types of technology so I can understand what it's about. That's why I was glad I was given the Nike ID. That's why I do buy different programs and play around with different apps and, and have different types of phones. I've had both iPhone and Android. <clears throat> so I can talk about um, multiple sides of the house and kind of just understand it. Uh, so, but yeah, that's my, that's my stance on, on the, you know, the being conscious of the usage of technology and then the, the effects of long term and, and societies and generations to come for sure. Yeah, I, I love that because, you know, when it comes to specifically drugs or when it comes like out like drinking alcohol, right? When it comes to food, when it comes to junk food, all these things, everyone says moderation is key, right? You yep. should you should practice moderation in everything that you do in every part of your life. Yet when it comes to technology there is no moderation. Like it is go as far to the absorb. To, absorb. Yeah. <laughs> absorb as much technology as you can. Plug yourself in. Wear your Fitbit to sleep. Put that thing under your pillow. Um, <laughs> like track everything. Don't let a moment go to waste. What is it? Um, instead of FOMO, now it's FOLO, fear of living offline. Like you've <laughs> you've got these like like we're pushing toward a world of like vlogging where, you know, everyone is videotaping every single part of their life. And, um, you know, that's been going on for 15, 20 years now. Um, and so you've got these really interesting things going on. I, I do think like what you're saying is like, keep in mind that technology is just like anything else that you consume and moderation is key. A few things off that. So first on the, uh, the side effects of the drugs thing, do you remember that Simpsons episode where Homer starts taking the medicine to regrow his hair and then there's like the commercial on TV for it and at the very end the the narration voice is like side effects may include loss of scalp and penis. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, that's what came to mind when you were talking about that. Um, second thing is the the, the, I really think the key, though, is is starting to gain that mindfulness or that awareness over when are these, quote unquote, choices happening and still keeping them choices as opposed to just things that happen. And like to 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 clarify that, what I mean is the not let me know if this has happened to you, but like the number of times I have because like say I'm typing in to go to a website, the website takes like three seconds to load. And in that. 2.9 seconds I decide to pick up my phone and look at it because mm-hmm. I have to wait three seconds for a web page to load on a computer or I'll be looking at Facebook on my computer and then I'll pick up my phone and go into the Facebook app on my phone not realizing I'm already looking at Facebook <laughs> yeah for me it's I go to check the weather on my phone because I need to and you're leave. outside <laughs> no 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 I need, oh, okay. I, I'm like I'm like all right I need to know if I need a jacket or an umbrella today and I grab my phone to check the weather because I need to leave right now and then suddenly 15 minutes have passed and I'm on Facebook and I'm like why did I sit down again oh wait yeah. I need to check the weather damn it I'm late <laughs> I remember last year I was out to dinner with my parents and we were you know, we're at a restaurant and it's we're we're near the window. And my mom says, let me check if it's snowing. And rather than just turn her head and look out the window, <laughs> she looked at her phone at the weather app. And my dad and I were like, it's not snowing. She's like, hang on, let me check. And we're like, it's not snowing. You can look outside. <laughs> and these are the types of things that just become very, uh, right? It's like our, our default is, oh, technology can do it. So I shouldn't do it myself instead of what do I really want to do here? Can I do it myself? If not, let me use technology. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing, uh, Martin, the last point you were making was, um, can you repeat it back? Do you remember it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't listen I don't to myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think overall what I, um, oh, no, it was something, it was something good. <laughs> well, if it pops back in. 
Yeah. All right. Well, in any case, um, what do you think, uh, Mark Anthony? What do you think when you look at people using technology more and more? What do you see as driving one versus the other? Is it technology driving the decision-making, or is the decision-making driving the technology? Ooh, fantastic. I think you were waiting to ask that question all day. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He had it written on his hand. (laughs) Yeah, that's That's a good one. So I'll answer from uh, both perspectives, or from what I understand from both perspectives, and then hopefully that would, uh, I guess, justify my answer. Uh, So from the technology standpoint, I think that, and this is just my conspiracy theory hat being put on, uh, but I think that there's this this entity that exists in the world that's like, hey, we're going to use human beings as test subjects for everything uh, to develop better things, right? So there's this end state of wanting to... uh, improve the world through different types of advancements and enhancements and but there's only like a few ways to get there you can like just make it and hope it works or you can have people test little things and then based off of their usage and and if it works you can change and tweak as you go in different stages uh and then hopefully you get to the end goal of this jetpack that's able to fit into a wallet size compartment so that people can put it in their pocket i'll buy it yeah, right. So, so you're gonna figure out how do we get there, but we can't. Let's first do like an airplane, and then let's do like a jet, and then let's do this like, kind of thing you can put on your back, but you need like a bigger thing with wings, and then we'll shrink that. And I, I think that's like my understanding from technology driving um, usage or the engagement of that. Now, the flip side to that is um, we have human beings, and this is what I mentioned to you um, before, I think it was a couple days ago in the office, uh, Raj, uh, that I feel human beings are supposed to be connected to technology, like in, like almost cyborg, Android type style. And, and that just comes from my um, humble understanding of, you know, the human body and its anatomy, you know, electricity flowing through it. And then some of my personal friends and that I know from the military that have uh, lost their appendages and have had different types of attachments and enhancements put on there. And then just the crazy sci-fi movies of seeing, you know, the, the uh, Million Dollar Man, you know, doing his thing back in the day. You know, just all those attachments that could really enhance the human beings overall in case aliens fly in from out of space. We're able to fight those with our, like, cyborg soldiers running around. What if the aliens are cyborgs? Then it'll be like kind of an even fight, and then we have to be on that. Then we've got a good blockbuster. Yeah, just a, just a yeah. fair fight is the result. <laughs> yeah, and we'll upgrade and then get lasers, cool stuff, or whatever we need to do. Uh, we'll be that advanced. We'll just keep upgrading. But nonetheless, I think that uh, that the 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 inferiorities I feel of humans that you know we're easily we can easily be destroyed, uh, evaporated, or hurt or broken. Uh, based on that understanding and relating that to computers. And how we've always changed in, in advanced computers based on memory, storage, um, displays. I equate that to human, uh, the human side of advancement and saying that we can improve ourselves better. For instance, the military in DARPA, they are doing things to increase eyesight in military members. They, are, they have injected us, me, myself as well, with types of uh, medication and things that uh, they wouldn't tell us what was in it. Just take it because you signed the contract. We own you. Uh, so we don't know what we were being tested on as far as what's being put in our bodies, but there are military members that are being tested as far as uh, seeing how long they can stay up uh, at war without feeling fatigued. So they are being given different types of medication and all that stuff uh, to determine what types of advances they can make within human beings uh, themselves. So, yeah, I would tell you guys, look up DARPA, see what they're doing, research transparency is very important. Uh, to know where we're going as far as technology and human advancement. But I, I feel that they, they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, and that's why I explain both sides so that, it, again, would justify my answer. I don't think there, and I don't have the numbers to support this, obviously, but I don't think there's technology driving this or hum, uh, humans are driving this or that, that, that decision-making driving this. 
I think it goes hand in hand, uh, one over the other. So it's like technology might come out that might influence people to do this one thing that may make them decide to do this other thing because that technology came out and then vice versa. So I think it's just this like, kind of back and forth, almost tennis match of technology versus decision making and that influencing the other. So, yeah. Real quick before we wrap up, Martin, the other day you were explaining to me the difference between automation and artificial intelligence. Can you uh, well, replay I w- that I wasn't. Back? I wasn't explaining it very well the other day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, well, we were talking about Elon Musk and how he's doing uh, automated cars um, with Tesla, uh, and uh, but he rallies against artificial intelligence. And so someone asked me, well, what's the difference between cars driving themselves and artificial intelligence? And I don't, I don't, I'm not smart enough to uh, have the answer to that. Um, but my understanding is that uh, it comes down to who's who's making the decisions, right? Like the cars can't do anything that we didn't program them to do. Just like a computer can't do anything that we didn't program it to do. Um, versus artificial intelligence, which I believe the goal is to allow it to just make its own decisions without any human involvement um so let's say you know marketing right like if you have an artificial intelligent computer making marketing decisions um it's going to be able to understand and process all the data of how people act and react uh much better than any human would because humans have their own personal bias right so if i'm making an ad campaign to convince you to do something it's going to be inherently flawed by my own personal experience. But artificial intelligence could actually process every number and crunch every piece of data in order to make this the most convincing um, piece of advertising you've ever seen. It's so personal to you that um, you, like going back to what we said at the beginning, like y- y- it's probably convincing you without you even realizing you've read it. And when I think of artificial intelligence, I see it more as like, it's going to start influencing human behavior uh, without us even knowing it. Hmm. So is processing emotions anywhere on that spectrum? Is that what, is that the, is that what artificial intelligence is moving towards or trying to accomplish? Because that's the, that's the separation between robot and human right now, right? Is humans can process emotion, <laughs> yep. robots cannot. I wish I knew the answer. I, I, I need to start researching more about it. But uh, yeah, I, I think that the fact that Elon is pushing so hard against artificial intelligence makes me curious to learn more about it. Um, because my general feeling is that, you know, technology helps us get better and helps us do more things as long as we're not abusing it the way that you abuse junk food or something like that. Um and but if he's rallying so hard against it, it makes me very curious of of why. Like, what is it about artificial intelligence that's different from regular technological advancement? I'll just say Skynet. That's all I'm gonna say. Once <laughs> <laughs> it gets too smart, it's like, hey guys, uh, we gotta start controlling you. Uh, but one thing I will say to the artificial intelligence and the emotional question is, I read this a very very long time ago, so you might have to Google this because I do not remember where it was. Uh, but they have created uh, an artificial intelligence like human brain that is encapsulated in liquid. The only thing they haven't, and it could you know, think for itself, uh, it can also do a lot of human things like uh, painting and all this crazy stuff. It could do it, uh, but what they haven't uh, figured out how to get past is that emotional side of the house. It can't get it to feel emotions. So they've already figured out how to make this artificial intelligence think like a human and then upgrade itself, elevate itself, do what it needs to do to like figure out different problems, things that it wasn't programmed to do. It can do it. It can figure it out itself, like learn itself. Uh, so it's, it's crazy. I would Google that. I would Google yeah. that you know, it, and find out more about it. But yeah, but it doesn't pass the Turing test. No. What? Yeah. <laughs> the, look, we'll look, look it up later. I don't know if we have time on this podcast, but the Turing yeah. test is really interesting and uh, go watch the movie ex machina it's yep, phenomenal. Yep. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's, it's almost like, and again, we—I don't know if any of us would be able to concretely say this, but it's almost like artificial intelligence is going beyond the programmed if-then relationship. Yeah, yes. that's a good way to put it. You can't stop. All right, I win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and stop something that you 
told to just be infinite in learning and just, yeah. just go do. You can't put yeah. a guard on that. That's why I love the movie Her. I love that. It's like, oh, yeah, we're just... Cool. Yeah. It's like, it's so infinite that it just forgets that we exist. (laughs) Like, that's the best, (laughs) that's the best case scenario for artificial intelligence is that it just doesn't care that we're here. (laughs) I gotta brush up on my sci-fi. I haven't seen any of these movies. I know they all exist. Yeah, it's like the best sci-fi movies. So good. (laughs) All right, we need to wrap up. Before we do, Mark Anthony, let our listeners know uh, what you're working on and where they can find you. Great. So we are working on a number of things, uh, but I'll talk about more about the company. So uh, Bricks Creative Group, uh, I'm the founder of that, and it's a uh, carefully curated group of professionals that uh, cater to startups and small businesses. So we just help them solve all of their problems. I guess you can call us, as Raj gave us uh, this this nice little term, uh, growth concierge. Uh, so we, we want to make sure that we're known for helping um, small businesses and startups solve just about any problem they have from scaling, internal development operations to creative ads and social media. Uh, we want founders to trust us that we can solve just about any problem they bring to us. So um, And having that comfortable uh, understanding of what we do. Uh, and with our, with our team, we're almost like the Leo Burnett, but for the little guys. So think about us as your creative strategic and business solutions or operation solutions for um, any any of your businesses. So, And then they can find us at uh, brickcg.com. So that's B-R-I-C-K-S-C as in cat, G as in George.com. And then at brickcg on all social media. Yeah. Awesome. And when, what was it? It was we can build a better, what was it? Something so oh, with bricks. <laughs> yeah, we can start, we'll build better businesses starting with bricks. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> The original cool. technology, bricks. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, so then to wrap up, we'll go one by one, starting with Martin, closing with Mark Anthony, uh, giving our answer to today's question. Martin, what is technology's influence on decision-making? It's a very interestingly phrased question. Um, I mean, its influence is everything. Uh, I think... Just from everything we've talked about throughout this episode, uh, the the two things I want to touch on are, number one, I think technology is a net positive. I think that it's, this is the best time to be alive. Like, you know, to be poor today is much better than being middle class in 1910. So like, technology, I think, is a net positive moving forward with all of our, you know, incremental gains every single year. Um but I think that when it comes to uh, influence, as we've been talking on here, I think influence is really tough to nail down. Um, influence has, you know, you know, the church back in the day, that was a form of influence and, and technology and the way that they got the word out with books and things like that. Um, and now you have it today with apps and, now, and, and all these other things. And everyone's kind of building their own little world their own little clicks their own little you can say click you could say cult you could say um community like all of these they they kind of all mean the same thing it's like you build your little belief system and you surround yourself with that information um but as there's kind of this interesting piece of did you decide that or were you influenced into that and i think what we've been talking about throughout this whole thing is uh you need to as you're learning all these technological pieces, as you're you know bringing new technology into your life, you also need that quiet space and that alone time and that ability to understand who you are and what it is that matters to you so that when you do bring these pieces in, you bring them in in a mindful way that, you know, as much to our ability, we can, we can use these technologies in moderation to enhance our life and not... Uh, to not use them in such excess that it hurts our life. Cool. My answer for what is technology's influence on decision-making? Well, you know, like you said, there are many ways it influences decision-making. I think the one that I'll go with for purposes of this question is it is greatly influencing our ability to make choices and it is... Uh, encouraging thinking like kind of what you said Martin it's encouraging thinking less and just doing or automating more so that's where I think 
we have to be careful of and be more conscious of is what are the choices that are available and what are the choices that we are still making versus just letting happen. But when you say there's more choices that we we have the ability to make more choices today than ever before, like back in the day when none of these things existed, you just woke up and worked on the farm. Yeah, no, absolutely. There are there are more choices, but then how many of those choices are we actually making versus they are they are more so just like like the uh, the the three second web page loading example. The default activities. Let me check my phone because I'm waiting three seconds for something. Um, the subconscious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a choice being made that is that is more subconsciously happening than anything. So that's where I think the the influence really starts to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think on the subconscious level for sure. Okay, Mark Anthony, what is technology's influence on decision making in your eyes? So uh, I think technology's influence, uh, obviously, to caveat earlier on a couple of statements made by everyone, uh, is definitely positive uh, because it is about um, advancement. Uh, but I think that it has to have guardrails. That's just my opinion. I feel that technology just this shotgun approach, let's throw it all out there, let's see what sticks, let's see how it affects. That's dangerous in, in, because it's viewing technology as a drug, right? It's, it's, it's supposed to fix a lot of problems. That's what it's supposed to do. But just like any drug, if it's, if it's overused, uh, like we mentioned, moderation is key, uh, it could damage more than it's going to help. Um, if people sit at the computer for too long, your eyes start to deteriorate, your vision starts to, you start to lose it, Things may happen. Uh, and then you have to take medication, right? So I think that technology um, definitely in a positive way is good for our society uh, with some kind of guardrails or some type of moderation um, would would be great. Uh, and as far as the influence itself on decision making and, and people in general, I'd say that uh, it's it, 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 from, from my standpoint is a controlling factor. Uh, because a lot of people will be succumb to relying on notifications from apps to stay in touch with family and friends, right? So for me, I'm I'm definitely uh, affected by that. I'm right up the alley because if I I don't I don't rec- I don't remember a lot of people's birthdays, mm-hmm. so Facebook helps me remember their birthdays. So I get this notification: Hey, there are four people who have birthdays today. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Let me tell them happy birthday. And then it's not generic anymore because I really didn't remember it. But they're my friend on Facebook and my friend in real life. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They do have a birthday on October 23rd. Uh, and and I think that um, could be a crutch for us. So if, it, if it's not you know, managed correctly and we're not conscious about why we're making certain decisions uh, using technology, then we can become almost succumb to uh, this routine expectation of technology helping us control our lives or helping us be a little bit more efficient. And then we have less of the, um, less of the power, I guess, in ourselves to rely on ourselves to remember those certain types of unique things in our lives. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone like me, when Facebook tells you it's their birthday, you make a decision right there to either say happy birthday or unfriend them. <laughs> <laughs> Because if I don't care it's their birthday, then I shouldn't be friends with them. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mark Anthony, thank you for joining us. Uh, This was a really fun conversation. Yeah, thank you for talking about technology and influence on this technological podcast that hopes to influence. That influence? (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) All right, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Peace. That wrapped up our conversation with Mark Anthony Marshall. Mark Anthony, thank you so much for joining us and exploring the ins and outs of technology, dropping that Skynet apocalypse type uh, fear and worry, but also just uh, some of the more positive sides of technology as well. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes and subscribing to the show on the platform in which you listen. Ratings, reviews, and subscriptions help more people find the show, and therefore more people get to discover their inner awesome. For full references, resources, topics, as well as Mark Anthony's contact information, you can find the complete show notes listed at www.idealemon.com. That'll do it for this one. Thank you again to Mark Anthony Marshall of Bricks Creative Group for being our guest this week. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. We've only got one episode left in this season, so we will see you next time. But in the meantime, take care 
and be awesome today. Welcome to the party, we bout to get it on. Leave your worries at the door, we bout to get gone. Recording the moan in the bone, give me some dome. Every dog smoking the strong, give me Patron in the zone. Shorty that I'm dancing up on, the snake charmer. She made my black snake moan, I gotta have her. See her, then I grab her. She turned me to a body snatcher. Dude thought he had her. At the party, but she left with the dime at the party after. The party don't start to the after party. When your life is a party, you don't have to party. So noon when I'm waking, I'm taking a couple shots My life for celebration Here's a toast to party people in the nation